everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a warm fire, both comforting and dangerous. Today on the show, I have Joy Idris with me, who is a therapist and counselor who helps people to transform their perspective and transform their lives to help them move forward in their life to people who are at a place in their life where they are no longer wanting to deal with the stress of life and wants to find a way to kind of even things out a little bit more to find some of the tools to deal with stress uh, to find ways to get in tune with themselves and live a more authentic life, um, which is a, a theme that we hear with a lot of people, but Joy is is different. She's lovely in the sense that she is well-learned and you can totally get that sense from her. She is really in tune with people and um, was able to get an emotional rise out of me in a positive way that I don't usually um, uh, experience. So <laughs> that's that's a different thing all on its own. Uh, she has a Facebook group called Truly Transformational, so you could check that out in the show notes and uh, just listen to this really lovely conversation. She's wonderful to talk to, and uh, you should join her group if you are in this stage of your life where you're trying to find a more natural way of living instead of hustle, hustle, fast grind, stress all the time. So without further ado, Joy Idris, welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the show, Joy Idris. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem, no problem. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do, what your focus is these days? Yeah, um, I I've, there are a lot of bows to my string. <laughs> um, I am actually um, a businesswoman. I've, I've run my own business for, for many years now, over 30 years. Uh, but I'm also um, a trained therapeutic counsellor. Mm -hmm. and an inner journey therapist so um i kind of manage both things going on my my business is um a jewelry shop uh selling gold and silver and gem set jewelry mm -hmm. and my um my other work i take private clients and do workshops and uh, seminars and talks and things and take you know that's how i that's my passion yeah so <laughs> what 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 primarily do you do you discuss in those workshops uh, we talk about um, how um, mindfulness and uh, inner guided dynamic work can help people to relieve or release their trauma or stress and get in touch with their inner wisdom, their inner connection and learn to live uh, a life that is guided by that inner heart, the inner soul, you know, the inner wisdom, find mm -hmm. their peace, find their joy. Um, but very often people who come to me are coming to me with um, problems of um, overwhelm or relationship conflict or trauma that they don't seem to be able to release, you know. So it's more like everyday stress, regular day-to-day -day stress that, um, that builds up over time until it becomes overwhelming, really, that they, people start to not be able to function very well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so they want to um, know how to get to a place where they can 
make clear decisions for themselves about how to go forward and um, how to really, you know, be in touch with their own potential, I suppose, you know, going forward. I have people who come, you know, want to know about um, how to get in touch with their creativity, for example, you know, they want mm-hmm. to um, get their purpose out in the world, get their passion. They may be artists, they may be musicians, um, or they may be, you know, people who are building a business, uh, you know, all kinds of situations, really. Right. <laughs> how to how to uh, survive in the corporate world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all those things are tough, depending on the type of person that is trying to deal with that certain situation. You know, some people might not be naturally business people trying to be business people or someone who fits naturally. I've never naturally fit into the corporate structure. I've been very frustratingly yeah. uh, opposing that nearly my entire life. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I'm I sure know. I'm sure there are plenty of people who have that kind of struggle. Do you feel like, um, yeah. do you feel like there's a commonality in, in, in what people are going through? Are they kind of repressing what they actually want in life? Is that kind of a big thing or is there anything else that you can think of? I, for me, I think that the, the common thing is that it's it, what, what's happened in childhood uh, determines the pattern of how they um, respond to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so, for example, some you know situations are where, as a child, you've experienced um, abuse, mm-hmm. um, and therefore you, you kind of develop a victim mentality, right. um, where you are. First of all, you're seeing things in terms of victim, uh, you know, people getting at you or situations getting at you, or you may be in survival mode where you're working out what people want and then you try to give it to them in order to stay safe, you know. Right. And this can affect all areas of your life, you know, it can affect, you know, attracting a partner who is abusive or it can uh, attract bullies at work or... Uh, it can give you issues of self-worth, low self-worth, where you you may have, you know, uh, creative talent, but you're not getting it out there because you don't believe in yourself enough. Right. Do you find there's a commonality in like the, the, the age that people tend to want to make a change or will come to you um, to, to help with their stress? Um, I think most of the people who come to me are from 35 upwards. I think when people are younger than that, very often they still they still believe that they can make things work somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. So they may have challenges and um, they get through a challenge and then the next challenge comes and then they get through that, you know, and, but they still have that kind of generally, I, I believe, uh, this uh, kind of optimism that, you know, things can work out and they just need to find the way, if you like. Uh, whereas when they're approaching, you know, uh, late thirties, coming to forties, you know, it's that kind of what have I done with my life? You know, what's happening mm-hmm. here? Why right. haven't I got to where I want to be? You know, right? What do you find? Um, what do you find is that place that people feel like they want to to get to? Is it some sorts of some sense of like wholeness or peace or just they're or they're maybe just not tolerant of the stress they used to be okay with? Yeah, it's it's like coming to a head. I, some. I think there is a thing about emptiness and finding deep inner meaning, but I don't think that people come to me with that initially. They mm-hmm. come with um, the the problems that are manifesting on the outside. Yeah, more so, surface level stuff. Yeah, um, and then through the through work the work that we do, they get to understand that it's actually coming from something deeper. You right. know, so they might be shifting blame to the outside in, instead of taking responsibility for their own stuff 
for example you know they might be coming complaining about my my partner is this and that and the other and then you know giving me a, a hard time and i'm having a, a hell of a life here you know right <laughs> um, and, uh, and I want to know, you know, how I can change things. And then they get to this place where they start realizing that they need to change themselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And then they see the outer starting to reflect the inner changes, you know, so then they start to want to go into that more deeply and, uh, and apply that to everything. Yeah. And it really is a persistent process. It's not like somebody could come to you for one session and be changed. <laughs> Amen. Well, it is actually possible. Um, okay. For myself, I had uh, experienced that. Um, mm. and that's why I know it's possible. And okay. I've had a few clients that that's happened with too. Um, I had chronic fatigue uh, for about six years or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to a, a weekend um, seminar kind of thing uh, where this inner journeying uh, was being um, uh, taught. Um, and in that one weekend, I was, I was completely cured. I came out of there dancing, laughing, you know. And prior to that, I had to be um, carried in. I was, you know, at that state where I, if I wanted to move from room to room in my home, I had to crawl on all fours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was deeply depressed as well. But in that weekend, I was completely cured and found a sense of peace inside of me that's never left me since. And I was so wowed by that mm-hmm. that I decided to train in the method, become an inner journey practitioner, and spread that message that you know it is possible to uh, to be healed and to uh, be in touch with your inner peace and joy. You know, so it, it is. And I've had clients where miraculous um, healings have taken place. Do you find? Um... No, I, I don't. I don't know you personally. So, is it um, a situation where do you do you ever find yourself impatient with the length of time that some cases may take versus your situation where it was kind of almost instantaneous? No, you know, because every, everyone is different and everyone has their own journey to take. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes, if you understand that maybe it's about peeling back layers. And sometimes people can dive right through the layers all at once. And sometimes, you know, other people need to peel back each layer, right. you know, at a time. So I mean, I do have clients where we have, you know, a course of sessions that takes a while, little bit by little bit, you know, which is where people are at and what they're ready for, really. And um, I am, I accept people exactly as they are. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, if they come to me, then we just deal with what it is that they want and then, they may decide that they want further work or they may feel that that, you know, that one session is enough and that's fine. And that's exactly where they are. Have you found yourself always interested in people even before you started doing this yourself? Yes. Yes. I am a people person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think that came from my own history of trauma and then this thing about, you know, finding out what people want and giving it to them. So it led me to be outer directed. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, I learned language. I was always interested in languages and other people's cultures. And I, I, I used to teach English and mm-hmm. travel around um, experiencing lots of different cultures. And I studied social psychology as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a thread there. Yeah. No, that's great. You seem rather, uh, what is the term? Learned <laughs> of the world. <laughs> or student of the world in a lot of ways of people. Um, so how how did you begin? So once you you had this um, this single session that you spoke about that you basically changed your 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 outlook. Um, yeah. How did you begin approaching wanting to become uh, a counselor, a therapist? Um, did you did you go to school? Yeah. Did you start talking to people? How did you go about it? 
Um, well, first of all, I trained um, in that method with the, the the people who were delivering it. So, okay. um, and um, they had some support and gave you advice about how you could um, spread the word. Word, mm-hmm. and um, I started to uh, do talks, um, and um, I would I advertised in a few places, you know, like um, alternative health newsletters and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, from the talks and I would get you know clients or would get a list of people that I could you know give information to that there's a workshop coming up and ask them to invite their friends and so on mm-hmm. so kind of spread that way and then later on it became referral word of mouth and oh, lately I, I decided to go online and then I'm spreading my message online now too yeah so um uh, how are you going about that? I know you have a Facebook group. Um, are you finding that uh, helpful and useful or, or do you prefer um, in-person sessions with people? I don't mind which way because it works, you know, both ways. I do mm-hmm. have um, online sessions with people who are in different parts of the world that can't get to me face to face physically. You know, I currently have a client in Canada and uh, had one in um, Mauritius and uh, Kenya and all different places, Holland. Um, I, I'm based in London, UK. Uh, okay. I do have, also have face to face clients for people who are local and would like to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how that works and then in the group i have um, i do facebook lives quite regularly mm-hmm. and i also have a membership group um where we do group online sessions as well which is more like um dipping into the techniques and processes that i use so that people can get a taste of what that's like you know how it can affect them how they can benefit from that um from from which some of them will come and have you know deeper one-to-one session work yeah, when you're doing some of those one-to-one sessions, which by the way, it, it's really great that you're doing all of this. I think it's fantastic that you're able to connect with uh, a larger group of people and continue to help people. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a means to, it's it's part of a business, but it's also you know something that's actually genuinely very useful to people. So, I commend you for that. Um, but I also wanted to ask about um, with these one-on-one sessions, are how do you approach them typically? Are you, what kinds of questions would you likely ask someone at the start of a session to learn more about them and their issues? Uh, well, what I do is I, at the moment I'm concentrating online. So what I'll do is I'll talk about what I, what I do, who I am, mm-hmm. how I work, um, give mini taster sessions online. And then if anybody's interested, they go, they apply for a consultation. So I have a, a website and they get sent to the web page. Mm-hmm. where they will fill in a questionnaire, uh, which basically kind of filters out, you know, the serious from the non-serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and from there, um, I will then um, deliver a, like a discovery session, a consultation where we talk about what are you looking for? How, you know, how do you see that happening? You know, um, and then I work out whether I could, you know, we could work together. I could then from there offer them what I think would be good. And then they decide whether to go ahead or not. Yeah. I imagine because you're filtering people out essentially that you might not have as many um, extremely difficult situations. That was going to be my next question though. If you've had any, um, uh, uh, I guess what were maybe if you're willing to share, like what were some of the more, difficult uh, situations or sh- sessions to, to work with? Are there clients where 
you are working with them and you say, you know what, uh, I have to direct you to someone else. I can't quite help you in this line, in this specific thing or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I, out of all the years that I've been doing this, which is probably about 15 years now, mm-hmm. I've probably had just two people that um, for me didn't fit. Uh, one, there's a, there's a certain type of person who is very much in the mind Mm-hmm. And 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 not able to uh, immediately or you know over a shorter period of time connect with the heart. They they want to they just want to know answers. It's all about knowing, right? Not about experiencing. So they don't really have this ability to experience except by knowing. Right, <laughs> I right. don't know if you understand what I'm saying there, but no, they they want you to they want to they want you to give them a textbook, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> my work is experiential it's experiential knowing right so it's 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 getting to that place where you connect with your heart mm-hmm. and, and experience you know the essences that are available for you the essence of wisdom or the essence of love or the essence of compassion right and, so on. Uh, and somebody who's very locked into the mind is just not able to um as long as they re- are determined to remain locked in the mind um are not able to connect uh, that would for me, somebody like that would take a long time in my area of expertise um, right. to to enable that connection. Maybe there are other ways that they can connect. You know, they might be able to get something else that works for them. Energy therapy is right. quite good or something. Right. Uh, but this is, that's, you know, I've had that. But I've only had one person like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. So, I hope no so, more. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, a, that's a pretty good track record. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and the other thing is um, I've had... Um, people who have had good sessions with me bring people along mm-hmm. who are um, well one of them was um, in need of um, serious uh, psychiatric care you know mm-hmm. and so um, you know those kind of people you can't help um, at this level um, because they're like split you know like schizophrenic or something or you know deeply right. disturbed in ways that go beyond um, what I can do it needs, you know, specialized, uh, maybe even medicated care. Yeah, it seems like you work more with people who are in an active stage of development in their life. Like they want to actively make a change and yeah. uh, uh, be open to possibilities and ideas. And if yeah. they're extremely closed off, then there's nothing you can do about that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So people are looking. Yeah. So, uh, in, in terms of this experiential knowing, um, if you could define that a little bit more for some people, what would you, how would you say that experiential knowing, yeah. knowing is? I mean, the knowing of the head is, you know, when, like you're saying about textbooks, you're reading the books and you're finding out logically, analytically, you know, how things fit together um, and it makes sense. And, uh, and so, you, you know, you know the subject uh, when you're studying at uni, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the experiential one is an actual felt experience where you know truth from actually experiencing it. Right. It's like a knowing that doesn't require um, logical analysis or deduction or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you, um, uh, you need to become very still for this because the language of the heart or the language of the soul um, it, it exists through the stillness. Stillness is the gateway to it. Right. So uh, there's a special way to access it, which is through mindfulness or meditation. Mm-hmm. We become very still. And then you, um, you allow to arise whatever needs to arise, if you like. I mean, there are ways to access it. Like, um, One of the easier ways might be to start witnessing 
um, how you are behaving or what you are thinking. So mm. that instead of being merged with the thought or with the action without any conscious awareness of that, you develop an awareness by witnessing what you're saying, what you're doing, how you're behaving, you know, what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. um, and you can actually identify different characters that you play out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you might be, you know, one day you might be, you know, carrying out a victim uh, character. Mm -hmm. uh, and you notice it and you go, oh, okay, I'm being victim today, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, and another time you might be, you know, something else. I mean, you know, some of the teaching that I do, we, we identify these characters um, and we give them names. I mean, I had a, I had a student once who um, she identified one of her characters as um, uh, anti-terrier. And the reason she gave this name to, to the character was that her character was like a terrier dog. You know, uh -huh. those dogs that hang onto a bone and won't let go. Uh -huh. <laughs> no matter what you do, they won't let go of it. Mm -hmm. So she had this habit in, at home of not, being able to let go of making sure that the place was tidy and you know shouting at the kids and shouting at the husband and all of that every time something was out of place you know right. uh, so she watched this character of hers anti-terrier for, for about a week i think it took something like that mm -hmm. and then one day because she was starting to dissociate from it and you know because when you're watching it you're not involved with it you, you can step back you're becoming this wider expansive you the, the witnesser and um, she just suddenly burst out laughing. <laughs> she recognized that that's not who she is. It's just some part that she's playing, you know. Right. And when she laughed like that, the whole family relaxed. And she was never able to go back to Antiteria again, you know? not, not to take it seriously. <laughs> that's a wonderful story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, you know, that's one way into the experiential knowing because she experienced herself as the truth of her being was much wider than this character that she was playing. That's something. Once you go, once you get that knowing experientially, you can't go back. Right. You know, that's the way. It's yeah, it's an it's a nice way to define it because you kind of you described the person before that was more of the thinking person that's stuck in their own head, and that defines me maybe about five years ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, my my life before five years ago. And uh, are you familiar with the? I imagine you're familiar with the Myers Briggs. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, system. Um, so I'm an INTP, and um, and and it's very true to my character. I'm an introvert thinker. I am very much in my own head, um, and I, I I keep to myself quite a bit. Um, but more so lately, I've been personally discovering uh, uh, kind of the more well-roundedness of my nature. Being able to connect with people through this podcast has mm -hmm. been helpful to me to gather new information and to. Um, formulate my own sense of logic, but also understanding that my sense of logic is not necessarily pinned to uh, facts and textbook-like facts. It's more yeah. about the way that I approach the world. So I'm starting to sort of dive into, um, uh, I like the term experiential knowing more than spirituality, but mm. it's something mm. in that essence that I'm, yeah. that I'm, um, discovering and diving into more. So I'm actually going to join your group after this because this sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, because for me, it's, it's, a, it's a less emotional thing and it's more about a logical understanding of myself and life and the universe. It's more of a thinking process, but there is some feeling in there, but it's less feeling and more thinking. And it's, it's mm. kind of like, it's more philosophical in nature. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's, 
that's interesting. So it's actually kind of uh, uh, serendipitous that we're talking about this because this, yeah. is, this mm-hmm. is something I've been diving into um, yeah. more so <laughs> lately than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, have you found, um, I, I mean, you've, you've had the, you, you described the one person who was kind of stuck in their own head, but mm-hmm. have you, have you come across people who have been more skeptical of what you're, you're, you're teaching or sharing with people or is it, for the most part, you've had good experiences, right? Uh, yes, I have. Had, um, maybe, you know, when you're in that, um, what's in the energy of it, then you attract towards you, you know, some what, what reflects where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand it like that because I don't get those kind of people coming. Or maybe they just stay away because they know, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because I don't speak to people in that way. When I speak mm-hmm. to people, I speak to their soul. I don't speak to, you know, their personality particularly. You um, seem like a wonderful middle ground between uh, a, a logical thinking and, you know, just pure feeling. Uh, I think it is more feeling-based based on what you're describing, but I think there, there's uh, an allowance of some of, of someone to look at what you're saying or listen to what you're saying and formulate their own their own uh experience around it i guess if that makes sense (laughs) i i you know when i communicate with people i'm communicating to them at the feeling level and sometimes they don't even know that immediately Mm -hmm. so you know i have people that i talk to that burst out into tears as soon as i start talking to them for example (laughs) right right (laughs) and they don't know why yeah Yeah. oh i don't know why i'm crying right now (laughs) it's a wonderful talent to tap into that because you know some of us uh some of of us are not comfortable with emotion some of us are not comfortable with tapping into that and and being able to do that in a way that feels natural is 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 beautiful yeah i think people respond to being accepted just as they are yeah and it seems like you're really good at navigating that you're you know when when i uh, when I asked earlier about, um, you know, the, the patients with different clients, you know, you expressed that you, you understand, and, and it seems inherent. So have you ever struggled with that? Understanding that people are, are, are different? Have you, have you, did you ever have a fixed mindset at some point in your life? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. And I was a very mindy person too. And I tried mm-hmm. to analyze everything when I was going through my own uh, growth and trying to understand myself. I was trying to do it all from the mind. Mm-hmm. And then, at some point I realized all of this analysis is just going round and round and round and round and round. You know, I went into philosophy even, you know, and that was just like confirmed it even more. It's just going round and round in circles. It's not going anywhere, just getting a headache. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not solving my problem, you know. So, right. uh, you know, so that's when I realized that something deeper needed to happen. Yeah, that's... Um, I was you know, completely out of touch with myself at one point, so, you know, and... Uh, yeah, that seems like an important point of growth for a lot of people is realizing that they are, they they feel like they're supposed to be one way and end up being another, whether that's a thinker versus a feeler, introvert versus extrovert. Um, there was somebody I was just speaking to before I started talking to you uh, who identified as a people pleaser, someone who was always trying to make sure that other people are happy and foregoing their own happiness. Exactly. Yeah, that, that that's, that's when you get to that point of being completely out of touch with yourself. Yes, yeah. so directed. Right. I I find, I I found at least in my sort of um, uh, uh, rudimentary study of all this stuff, is is that repression seems to be kind of a common issue, 
uh, amongst people. They, they feel that they have to be one thing and they end up being another. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the fear of humanity is greater than the fear of death. And by the fear of humanity, I mean fear of judgment, criticism, mm-hmm. abandonment, rejection. So you can understand that, you know, many people are afraid and, and repress aspects of themselves for that very fear. You, and, and But the way of the heart, the way of the soul, the way of wisdom, the, the way that I'm, you know, putting forward is a way of love. Mm-hmm. So it contrasts to the way of fear. That's, that's, and the mind is very much based on fear. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I lo- I just wrote that down real quick. The fear of humanity is greater than the fear of death. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, have so how do how do you gather more information about um, uh, um, about your your counseling and therapy and all these topics, humanity and such? Are you more of a uh, do you do a lot of reading or, or are you just gathering more information? through experience talking to people yeah i mean i'm you know i'm getting on in years now i'm, I'm i'll be 65 next month <laughs> mm-hmm. i spent a lot of years reading i mean my bookshelves are still full of you know lots and lots of books wonderful um, all to do with you know self-development personal development, <laughs> spiritual development da, 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 da. right um, and even my you know my thesis at uni a long time ago was on the nature of social reality and what counts as reality for people you know? right um, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, so I did a lot of reading uh, for many years. Um, and it's only, you know, since I had that turnaround, I had that miracle that happened to me that, that sent me in the direction of deeper treasure hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that actually you don't need to know all of that stuff. And all of that stuff becomes irrelevant. Um, there was one um, famous uh, Islamic philosopher called Ghazali who... Mm years and years and years and years of his life studying books and studying books and studying books and then at one point he just one day just threw them all away and said you know there's no there's no point to have all of these books it doesn't you know the the real knowledge is beyond all of that mm-hmm. need it um, right. because all of that is linked to the mind and, and when you step to that place beyond it then it shows all that stuff becomes irrelevant you know, it's it's like that anti-terrier business. You know, right? Anti-terrier is like real while she, while you're involved with it and not conscious. And as soon as you become consciously aware, it's just completely irrelevant. You know, no interest in that anymore. Right. That's that sounds like the journey I'm on. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we're kindred spirits in some way because I'm totally working towards that. I feel like my future is going to be filled with those types of books as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it reminds me. Of, it, the ocean and the waves, you know, like mm-hmm. the waves, maybe the books and the learnings and the mind and all the things that we do, you know, in our ego and our identity and our personality, all choppy waves at the top of the ocean. But, right. but we are the actual ocean and our stillness is in the depths of that ocean, which doesn't mind what's going on at the top. doesn't mm-hmm. really make a difference to the essence of that ocean. Right. And the ocean can hold everything. So, it, you know, you don't even need to understand the choppy waves. You know, you just need to be aware that they are there and it's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and it's okay. That is yeah. the, yeah. I think that is what a lot of people need to hear. And regardless of the situation, I would say that's the common thread is a lot of people just want to hear that it's okay, that it's yeah. okay that they're stressed out. It's okay that they're working through something. Yeah. Um, it's not okay to continue to do it, <laughs> but it's okay. Well, even that it is actually. Um, okay. 
because you know it's like uh, the story of the, the the dog on the bed of nails you know and he's howling and howling and howling because the nails are very sharp and he doesn't want to move and it's just mm -hmm. howling and howling but at some point he decides to get off you know mm -hmm. right <laughs> so we need to allow people to howl as long as they want to howl until they're ready to get off <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah that's that's true they they um that's a that's a good point that people need to work through their process yeah. essentially and sometimes that can take a lifetime before people are ready to change or ready to see the deeper part you know all the people on the deathbeds you know you hear what they're saying what mm -hmm. they regret or you know what they wish they it could have been this or that you know they suddenly have the realizations <laughs> yeah i mean it sounds like you're giving people the opportunity to do that sooner they, yeah yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. I think you're coming from it from a really beautiful place. Uh, I love the ocean metaphor. It just made me <laughs> get all mm -hmm. emotional and um, it's not a natural place for me to be. So it's great. It's uh, working. It's working. <laughs> exactly. Which is exactly why I wanted to share some of my story because I wanted to be able to, 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 to have people see that, I mean, I'm sure they can hear in your words how, how well, how well learned and, and efficient you are and, and brilliant you are at this. Um, but I, I think it's a nice example to, if you can get an emotional rise out of me, that's, <laughs> that is, you, you won. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm going to start to slowly wrap this up, but I will join your group. Um, do you want to give people a sense of, um, where they can get a hold of you if they have more questions um, after this podcast or how they can get involved in some of your, um, your, your Facebook groups. I know you have a paid one and a, a regular one going on right now. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they can find me on Facebook and my name is Joy Idris and uh, my Facebook, uh, I've got a free Facebook group, which is called truly transformational. Mm -hmm. So if they just put them into the search box, they should find it. Yep. Um, and I also have a paid membership group that where we do more kind of practical work. You know, we work with whatever people bring on the, the sessions that we have, um, uh, online sessions. So it's a small intimate group. Um, and that's called truly transformational practicing members. Wonderful. Um, and, um, that one, um, people would have to PM me so that I can send them the link if they want to join for that, you know, cause it's, um, the registrations on the website. Okay. The website is called truly transformational.co.uk. Wonderful. So, yeah. Wonderful. Well, Joy, this has been an absolute joy. Pardon the pun. <laughs> um, you, you are such a lovely person, and I, I'm, I'm honored to have been able to speak to you. This, this felt really good, which is, again, very different from how I normally think. <laughs> so, so this was great. This makes me want to dive into your Facebook book, Facebook group. So you guys will see me there if you decide to jump in there as well. And um, we can have more chats and hopefully in the future, I think if, um, if I can think of some more in-depth uh, things that we can speak to, I would love to continue to have these conversations. Yes, I, I, anytime. These are exactly the types of things that I love. This lights my brain up like crazy. I love it. Lights <laughs> <laughs> your heart. <laughs> As my heart. Exactly. So uh, thank you, Joy. And uh, I hope you have a good day and um, oh, we'll see you in the group. Thank you, Christine. You take care now. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need is for you to put me on to the recipe. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, purple flowers, candy showers in the air. You dance for hours as I watch from overhead. It's a martin. You got me going off your dopamine. Yeah, it's a martin. You got me going off your dopamine.